0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time
1: to
2: play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> it may be the night time. But
0: the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local. And not for the faint of heart. Oh, you. Sometimes angry. Telling it like it is.
2: You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And
0: pretty much always right.
2: Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call
0: 404 929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the
2: John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckry Show. I sound like Peter Brady there for just a second. His yes, voice was cracking up on me there. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Thursday evening with you. Going to be here for the full three. We ask you to download the Odyssey app. If you're not in the car as much, you want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can use your smartphone. You can use your Alexa speakers. You can use your tablet or your Commodore 64, or your BlackBerry, or your Tamagotchi. Whatever your device is, just download it on something to be able to catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to be a part of the show, follow us on our personal Twitter pages. I am at JMCH316. That is your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there. On the other side of the glass, producing the show, as always, day-day. Is in the house at D, D. Lewis for real? Well, a lot to get into with you here. As uh, we will not have a show tomorrow night because we have got Falcons foosball preseason game number one. How about that? Uh, it's finally here. It'll go by really quick too. You know, once we start to get into this, the preseason will go by very quickly. We'll be looking at cuts. We'll be looking at getting ready for week one of the regular season. Like, things are going to start moving quickly here as we get into, you know, headed toward the middle of August. And obviously, look, it's not just NFL football, but college foosball coming up, high school football coming up. My daughter wants to go to the high school football game tomorrow at Cherokee. I mean, so um, things are moving rapidly here as we are now officially in football season. It's it's here and it's it's upon us. And, you know, we've survived all the summer and everything else along with it, but uh, foosball is officially back in here. We will talk to D Orlando Ledbetter who is down in Miami and, uh, we will get you ready for all things, uh, Atlanta Falcons and, you know, Arthur Smith was talking about playing the starters and all this kind of stuff. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know. I don't think we have any idea what he's going to do with it. I, do I want to see Desmond Ritter play a little bit? Yeah. I, I'd like to see Desmond Ritter play a series or two. I would. I, I think it'd do Desmond good. Just again, get some more film. And, and be able to sit down and watch what his performance was, I think that would be a good thing. There are going to be some guys that aren't going to play. And, and, look, there are guys that don't really need to play, per se. But I think Desmond Ritter should play. I'd like to see him play for a series or two. And just, again, take the reins over with these number ones and just kind of, you know, just get yourself acclimated and just, you know, you're going into the season now as the full-time starter. You don't have to look over your shoulder or anything like that, or you don't have to be the guy that's going to hold the clipboard coming into week one. He's going to be the guy. So I'd like to see him at least for maybe a series or two or what have you, but not more than that. And, you know, we'll hand it off to Taylor Heineke and, you know, salute him and what he does. So, anyway, we'll talk to D-Led coming up here at um, 740 uh, tonight. Well, the Braves, um, they lose – I should say they split the series – with the uh, dreadful Pittsburgh Pirates, they lose today 7-5. to five. Now, here's the thing about the series. We'll talk about Elder here in just a minute. You know the Braves scored 40, uh, 25 runs in four games. They averaged six and a quarter runs per game. And by the way, they didn't score 17 runs in one game and get shut out the other games. Like, they didn't have a dozen runs one night and then get, you know, one zero two whatever like that. They scored five runs, six runs, eight runs, six runs. I don't know how much better you can be offensively than that consistently. Here's the problem, though. The Braves gave up seven runs, five runs, six runs, seven runs. That's the problem. And they're starting pitching – has let them down here of late. And I think the stat that I read now from Mark Bowman is that they have the worst starting ERA or the worst overall ERA in the big leagues since the All-Star break. And they overtook the Pittsburgh Pirates to do it. So, look, we've talked. The division's over, okay? I mean, for all of the trouble... That the Braves are having, and, and as lackluster as they've played in this stretch, the second place team is 10 games behind. The, the second place team is 10 games behind. The Philadelphia Phillies can't do anything. The Fishnets stink. The Mutts are a disgrace to everything baseball related. And the Nationals are a triple A team. So this is not about the division. Nothing nothing about, oh, gosh, we have to be afraid of Philadelphia as far as they can get hot and overtake. No, there's none of that. This is about, by the way, I mean, we talked about this. Look, they right now would play a short series against the winner of the Giants and the Philadelphia Phillies. Who'd the Braves get knocked out by last year? The the Phillies finished... What the finish, Phillies finish, 13 or 14 games out? Remember, the Braves and Mets tied, but the head-to-head was the difference maker. And the Philadelphia Phillies were like 13 or 14 out. wasn't like they had a great season, got hot at the right time, took advantage of the Braves' injuries at, at starting pitching, and they won. And they had the key hits and everything like that. There's no reason, there's no excuse for the Braves not to be in the World Series this year. And if it's not that, then you can't sell me on anything was a good season. Sorry. Again, I will be an a-hole about this. There's nothing good about this season if it doesn't at least get the Braves to the World Series. Sorry. I don't care about losing to the Dodgers or whatever like that. Braves have been the best team in baseball. Braves are still the best team in baseball. They're the best team in baseball. They have the deepest lineup. They've been outstanding this year. They've had, again... When you look at the season as a whole, they had two all-star starters, not named Max Fried or Charlie Morton. Max Freed's the best left-hander in baseball. He's been an acquisition here of late. No excuses. Iglesias has had a good year. I, I saw, um, uh, I-, I think it was Dukes and Bell were talking about it, you know, earlier about Raziel Iglesias. Didn't we talk about him like several weeks ago? he's done his job. He was at one point 18 of 20 in saves. How much better are you going to be than that? Seriously, like how much better are you going to be than 18 of 20 in saves? So, again, this is not about the division. Nothing about this is fearing Philadelphia, the mutts, the fishnets, nothing. It's not about that. It's about can you take on the Dodgers, the Brewers, you know, those types of teams. And again, we lost last year to the Philadelphia Phillies. That's the thing that concerns me. And Elder, it was another five innings, six hits, five earned runs. I know he came out for the sixth, and it just imploded from there. You know, he came in, they were trying to get him, you know, through six innings, and then he gives up a couple of runs, and, You know, they take the lead back and didn't look back, um, you know, with it. He falls to 8-4. and His ERA is now 364. You know what his ERA was the first three months of the season? March, April, May, 192, 193. We talked about last night on the show, or the night before last, I guess, that dividing line from his first 11 starts to his second 11 starts. It's been drastic. First 11, a buck 93 ERA. Last 11, not before today, not counting today, but the last 11, 507 ERA. And that's rookie pitchers, though. I'm not mad at Elder. Rookies are going to go through these things. But here's the thing. Right now, you would probably put him at least fourth in our rotation if it goes to the playoffs. It's freed Strider Morton before I'm pitching Bryce Elder. Sorry. I mean, he's had a nice season. He's done some good things. But he's not pitching in one of the first three games that I'm going to see in the playoffs. He's maybe your fourth starter, maybe fifth starter. I don't know when it's all said and done. And he's been, you know, guy, he's an all-star this year, right? But right now, I I got to win a World Series. I got to get myself to the World Series and, and try to win this thing. And right now, Elder is not one of the guys that I'm, you know, relying on to you know go out and just pitch lights out and take everything over you know he's he's had a rough stretch of it here of late so again the Braves lose today now they're going to go up to Gotham to take on the mutts and what a disgrace I'm telling you honestly they've got 4 games that they're going to play right They've got a doubleheader on Saturday. Can I tell you, this should be your Get Healthy, Get Right series because they've quit. The mutts are a disgrace. They're a disgrace to baseball. There isn't a better franchise and organization that all of this falteral and misery and muck and mire can fall on. Not a better franchise for all of these bad things to happen to than the Mutts. And they'll go up to New York and Gotham, take on the Mutts. Like I said, doubleheader on Saturday, day night doubleheader, 110, then 715, day night doubleheader in New York, old school baseball there. But they need a get right series. And they need a series where they figure some things out. Because again, they're going to come home to take on the Yankees. Yankees are still pretty good. They're going to come home and take on the New York or San Francisco Giants. Giants are second in the NL West right now. Giants are a playoff team right now. They'll see the Giants a little bit later on in the month when they go to San Francisco. And then the Mutts will come here after that series in uh, Truist for the uh, Giants. The Mutts will come here for three. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. You need to kick a wounded dog down when he's down. Kick a wounded dog when it's down. Kick a three-legged dog. Take the other leg out. for. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Put him in a body bag, Johnny. That's what the uh, Braves need to do to the mutts. F the Mets. F the Mets, step right up and F the Mets. Bring your kiddies, bring your wife. They're gonna suck for the rest of your life. They're all—they've almost caught the uh, Nationals. It's uh, two and a half games back. So go up there, beat the brakes off the mutts, and then let's regroup. Let's get healthy you know, mentally, more. you know, physically, mentally, whatever, like that. I mean, the offense has been doing its job, 25 runs in four games. I mean, you average 6.25 runs per game, and you don't have a double-digit uh, outburst in one of the games, probably should have won three out of four or swept or what have you if you had any starting pitching. Now, we'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show coming up at the 9 uh, o'clock hour. We'll get your thoughts about this uh, as well because, again, it it, it, is, it is frustrating more than anything. I don't know if it's massively concerning or anything like that because, again, we're, we're going to win the division, but it's frustrating because you don't want to see things get derailed. No matter what it is, injuries, offense, pitching, defense, whatever it is, you don't want to see things get derailed for this club. It's been way too good of a season. And it's been way too much positivity to have anything derail this. I don't want to be sitting here, you know, in after a playoff series or two and be like, oh, gosh, you know, feel like Leo. Well, you know, anything can happen in a short series. No, no, it really, really can't. But anyway, so. All right. When we get back, 404-726-0929, you can weigh in with your thoughts as well. But what I'm looking for tomorrow night in the Falcons – preseason game number one. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, to the Game, odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at a Chuckery Show, hanging out at the Keyes Studios on this Thursday night with you. 404-726-0929. That's both our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line, and it's our phone line. You can jump on and give me your thoughts about what you want to see tomorrow night. We uh, are going to talk to D. Orlando Ledbetter from Miami in just about 20 minutes from right now. Bob Nightingale going to join us at 820 Uh, We'll kind of recap what the Braves are and where they're at, and then um, talk some Major League Baseball with him as well. So what do I want to see tomorrow night? So the first thing that I want to see is what does our defensive line look like as far as making an impact? And I'm not saying that the the defense is going to show anything other than bland vanilla. I'm not I'm not saying that. What I want to see is, do we look different? Do we find ways to create pressure? Do we figure out a way to get the opposing quarterback on the ground? And by the way, that's not just the starters or the backups or the third-team guys. That's every pogo stick that's coming into play on the defense. I want to see us look like a different type of defensive line. Like I said, not expecting them to give away trade secrets or anything like that or show all kinds of flashiness and things like that. But can we win some one-on-ones? Can my guy beat your guy? When we go hat on hat, does my hat stay on top or does my hat go underneath? That's what I want to see. Give me some signs of life. Okay? Now, the other part, too, is if Ritter plays, if he does play at all, I'm going to be curious to see how much they let him throw. I'm going to be curious to see him in the passing game. I know he can turn and hand off, and I know we can run the football, but I want to see him throw it. And, by the way, the Dolphins are a good defensive team. Don't know what they're going to play on either side of the ball or whatever. But I want to see Desmond Ritter throw it a little bit. If he does play, I'm okay if he doesn't play. But if he does play, I want to see him a little bit. Obviously, nobody hurt. We've got enough injuries right now, especially to our defensive backfield. Nobody hurt right now. Nobody else get hurt. Because, really, I mean – we talk about depth and all that kind of stuff, but you, you can't afford to have guys, you know, especially a lot of these new guys that are trying to acclimate to what we do in, you know, in game situations, things like that, can't afford to have several guys getting hurt. So health will be certainly the biggest thing for, for everything. And then the other part is some of the rookies that are not named B. John Robinson. Matthew Bergeron is a guy that I want to see. Unfortunately, we won't see Clark Phillips, but I want to see Zach Harrison. I want to see where he lines up, and then I want to see him make a play. I want to see some of these rookies that we drafted and see what they can do. And, you know, some of our second-year guys as well. I don't expect some of our our second-year guys that are starters, I don't expect them to play much, but I want to see a little bit about what they look like. And I want to see some of the guys that we did draft and see what they're capable of. Matthew Bergeron comes to mind. That, that's, that's, the, that's the guy that I'm really laser-focused in on is, I don't care what position he plays, just let me see what he can do. Just let me see if he gets pushed around, if he can win one-on-ones, if he's you know, a guy that looks like a fish out of water when you see him. That's what I want to see. And there are a couple of other players. I want to see Jalen Mayfield. Jalen Mayfield's a guy that I want to see. I want to see D. Alford that I want to see, and, and what he can do. You know, again, it's unfortunate that we're not going to have Clark Phillips, and obviously Jeff Okuda. And I don't know how much Okuda would have played anyway in this game, but it is a shame that we're not going to have Jeff Okuda when all is said and done. Um, you know, until the regular season. But I want to see, you know, uh, a Jalen Mayfield and and what he can do. I want to see some of these guys. I want to see, you know, Hawkins, you know, if he's embracing his role as potentially being a backup safety. If he's, you know, uh, up, uh, What, what I uh, wrapping his arms around the idea of, you know, not hurt this year. Just want to see. And then the other thing is just the overall mentality of this team. Do they come out and try to take it to the Dolphins? Do they come out and try to take it to them? Like I said, I understand that they're not going to show things and they're not concerned about all of that and this and the other, but do they play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder? You know, Do they play with a little bit of a chip on it? I don't care if they win. I don't care if they lose. I just want to see a different tone and tone in the way the Falcons come out and approach this, and we probably won't get to see that, unfortunately. I mean, we probably won't really get to see a whole lot of that because – it is going to be bland. It is going to be vanilla. They're not going to do anything exotic or crazy or any sort of thing like that. But just I, I want to feel better about the direction that this team is in. We've we've read about it on paper. It's all been on paper thus far, though, right? It's about this free agent signing and this draft class and this trade or this, that, and the other. I want to feel better about when I watch the football team play that, okay, it looks like that there's some light at the end of this tunnel. Now, again, I don't know how much we're going to glean from preseason game number one, but I want to feel better about the direction of the franchise. You know, last year was, you know, again, it was another 10-loss season, and you felt like, okay, well, that was sort of a throwaway year because we had to get to this season and be able to have some money to spend and players to sign and, this, that, and the other. So he felt like in a lot of ways it was going to be just kind of a waste of a season. And then, you know, some of the drama and that thing that happened. But anyway, um, I just want to see that this thing looks like it's moving in a positive direction. That, that we're looking like, okay, we're one of the up-and-coming franchises. That, that we have enough talent to be able to do some things and influence at critical points that we have the talent to be able to, whether it's line up and, and stop the other team's offense, or whether it's line up what our offense is going to do. And like I said, I want to see Ritter throw it a little bit. I want to see I want to see his passing acumen. I, I know we can run the football. That's, that's a given. Of all the things that I know we can do on offense, I know we can run the football. That's our bread and butter. That's our calling card. That's what our strength is. But let me see him throw it around a little bit. I don't care who we, by the way, too. I don't care if it's Michael Pruitt. I don't care if he targets Michael Pruitt 25 times in that game tomorrow. I don't care if he does or not. I just want to see him throw it a little bit. See what see what the arm looks like. Is there accuracy there? Is there arm strength there? Whatever. I want to see a little bit of that from Desmond Ritter. And, again, it will be quick because I don't expect that he's either, either he's not going to play or he's going to play a limited amount. It's not like he's going to play the whole half or anything like that. It's... Preseason game number one. That'll be Taylor Heineke to you know take over, and I don't know, maybe the first quarter, maybe maybe in the second quarter or whatever like that, depending on how the drives go for the Atlanta Falcons. But you know, look, it's it's a fun team to play against. Um, I you know again, I think the practices sort of towards you more than what the game is going to teach you or. You know, what, what, the, what the result of the game is, I don't really care. I thought the Falcons showed themselves pretty well down in Miami when they lined up against the ones, you know, 1v1s and lined up against the offensive ones. I thought there was a lot of encouraging signs about this team. I thought there was a lot of encouragement. And watching some of the video and stuff that was coming out, there's a lot of encouragement for this team. And there's a lot of expectations for this team. There's a lot that's expected of this team as far as getting things back on track. Whether that's one loss games, whether that's overall record, whatever it is, but it's time to get on track. And especially when you know half the league goes from worst to first in one year. It's not like a five year rebuild or whatever like that. They go from the Jacksonville Jaguars weren't from worst to first. If they can do it, we can certainly do it. No reason why we can't do it. And that's the way the NFL is, bad healthy pretty quickly. And it's whether it's spending money, whether it's awesome draft picks, whatever. You know, but I, I need to see them in a sense of getting things in and certainly stepping up and, you know, showing that, okay, you know, we're a formidable opponent. We can control the lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, both our offensive line and our defensive line. can control the line of scrimmage. And our quarterback's going to make some plays. I want to see him throw it a little bit. Like I said, I want to see want to see some of these plays with his arm. I know Desmond Riddick is a smart quarterback and he's a heady guy, but I want to see him going out there. And does he make good decisions or not? You know, again, he had nothing to lose in some ways last year. You know, going into that four-game set, didn't feel like he had anything to lose at that moment. Now it feels like okay he's got to he's got to step his game up and and be good he doesn't have to be great he doesn't have to be m v p level but he's got to be good or this team if i mean if we become a one dimensional football team it's it's going to be a long year for this team if that's what ends up happening so i just i want see i want to see desmond Ritter getting a command of the offense you know getting getting some command of what we go out there and do but i want to see him throw it just a little bit so We'll uh, we'll talk to D. Orlando Ledbetter, um, and we'll get his thoughts about, and especially talking about you know some of the guys who aren't going to play because I don't expect Kyle Pitts going to play. I don't expect that uh, obviously Jeff Okuda is not going to play, uh, Clark Phillips is not going to play. So I don't expect that's it. who I wanted to see. Yeah. unfortunately, that's, yeah, that's I really wanted to see yeah. him. I mean,
0: just because of what they're saying in practice and- isn't
2: mean, injuries are just part of it. You yeah, know? I mean that's 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 the reality of it. You know, we've got we've got injuries and we're dealing with it. Much better to get those guys healthy and stuff. I mean, so um, but yeah, there are some guys that I wanna I want to see Clark Phillips, I want to see Jeff Okuda, you know, I want to see some of these guys play. Kyle Pitts I'm not worried about. You know, again, I don't I don't think there's a I don't I don't think there's any no. chance to go ahead and play him I in mean, this preseason.
0: The only thing you may want to see is how well him well really him and uh, Drake, how well their the rhythm is, the connection mm-hmm. is between the, you know, the those three. Other than that,
2: I don't want to see a whole lot of it. But just let me see a player or two that looks like okay. You guys are on the same page. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't disagree. I, look, I would I would I'd like to see Desmond Ritter huck a couple of balls downfield. Yeah. I, in all honesty, I, I would I would like to see him. I don't care if he throws it to Scotty Miller, or if he throws it to the Kyle Pitts or Johnny Smith. I'd like to see him huck a couple of balls downfield. Yeah. Let's take a couple of deep shots. We were one of the worst passing def- passing offenses in the league last year. Right. Deep, deep passing. Like Marcus Mariota was dreadful throwing the football downfield. We were one of the worst deep pass offenses in the league. Let me see if anything changes. Let me let me see if he makes a little mm-hmm. bit better decision. Yeah. Or if he throws it into a safety's hands or whatever. I mean, let me see if Desmond Ritter makes those kinds of decisions where okay, I now I see his high football IQ. Right. So again, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I don't I don't care if they win, I don't care if they lose. I don't care if they even get blown out. I mean, that's, you know, I just want to, I just want to see what the Falcons themselves are going to do in this game. What they are, what, what part of their business are they going to handle when it's all said and done? All right, D. Orlando Ledbetter, beat writer for the Falcons for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. He is up next. Chuck Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 929, the Game, The Odyssey.com app. New Cuban, new Cuban. Mm-hmm. Sports Radio 929, the game back at a Chuck show, hanging out in the Kia studios on this Thursday night with you. 404 726 0929, that is our S- diamond text line to be a part uh, of the show. Well, Falcons get ready for preseason game number one down in Miami. Let's head out to the Wade.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our friend of the show, D. Orlando Ledbetter. He covers the Atlanta Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He's down in Miami. AJC.com is where you check out all of his work and follow him on Twitter, at D. Orlando AJC. D. Ledbetter, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes tonight. Sure, no problem, John. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, talk to guys who will not be – suiting up uh, tomorrow night. So, obviously, um, Jeff Okuda is not going to play. I would assume Clark Phillips isn't going to play. Kyle Pitts, I think, do we assume that he's not going to play as well? And is there anybody else that we're for sure is not going to be a part of the action tomorrow?
1: No, uh, those guys are not going to play. But just uh, looking back on how Coach approached the uh, first game the last couple years and with him being pleased with, the uh, work here in the uh, joint practices, I don't expect any of the starters to play. They didn't play the first year. They played 10 snaps. Mariota played 10 snaps uh, against Detroit last year. Cal Pitts played 10, uh, and no no starters went past 10. So he, he, uh, he uh, you know, he's had a couple different approaches to it, but I think with the practices here and the game home next week against the Bingos, he's going to play them, but it's probably not going to be on Friday night.
2: So you don't even anticipate Ritter playing any snaps on Friday.
1: I do not, uh, but I would, I would, I do not. If he does play, the first team's gonna play, but I don't expect them to roll out until the Cincinnati game.
2: What, uh, what is a couple of things you're looking for in the game, or a couple of players that you're looking for? Like, give me your thoughts as you go into this. I just gave my thoughts. What are your thoughts about? what you're looking for for tomorrow night?
1: It's uh, really, this is the Matt Bergeron game. I believe he's going to play. He's the rookie left guard. Mm-hmm. And, uh you know, the history is that he will play the rookie lineman. So, uh, another one is Zach Harrison. They've been really pleased with his work down here in Miami. So, those are two top rookies, second and third. The first round pick, I don't expect to see him play. Uh, and, uh, you know, but I don't need to see him play at this point. But the linemen up front, let them get some NFL uh, trench warfare. And uh, so, um, you know, those would be the big takeaways from this game. How does Zach Harrison do? And then how does Matt Bergeron hold up uh, blocking uh, against the Dolphins?
2: Without knowing a specific timetable about when Jeff Okuda is going to be back, I mean, can we glean anything from – You know, the performance of the other corners, you know, besides A.J. Terrell. I mean, even if Terrell doesn't play or whatever, we know he's a lock as a starter. But, you know, again, we're kind of in that no man's land about who's our other corner. And this may linger. I mean, we don't know if it's just going to be the preseason, if it's going to be week one, week two. So how important are just kind of seeing some of the corners play that will be opposite A.J. Terrell, whoever kind of starts shaking out over the next few weeks?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I'm not expecting him back to um after the fourth game. It looked a little bit I saw the injury. I saw him get stepped on, him and Darby get tangled up and you know, there's it, no structural damage, but it's a bad spring. So they've been playing Trey Flowers out there. Trey was a former starter with Seattle, uh, you know, have not been able to maintain the spot. Uh just having a, a tough had a tough time down here with the Dolphins speed. But he's a big corner, and uh, he's um, that's the one they turn to. Uh, Mike Hughes would be the next in line, you know, and they got D offered at the nickel. So uh, they don't um, talk to Jerry Gray and mention Darren Hall, and he talked about how, you know, if you don't have the speed, you got to play outside leverage. So he's a little bit further down the totem pole here. Uh, and then Clark Phillips is also hurt. So right now you're looking at Trey Fowler, there's two D offered as three and Mike Hughes as the backup outside corner at, at right or left. And they can mix and match because Mike Hughes is smaller and faster, and then Trey Fowers is slower and bigger. So you can mix and match on that side opposite of AJ and let AJ travel while you're waiting for those other corners to get healthy.
2: D Orlando Ledbetter joining us here on the waitfor.com hotline as we get ready for Falcons and Dolphins coming up tomorrow. Uh, the punt returners. So do you think that the rotation is going to be by quarter, by half, just they're going to rotate several guys? What do you anticipate as far as what they look at with the punt returners for tomorrow? tomorrow.
1: Yeah, Mikey Hughes will be the – he's the number one punt returner. They'll get him some work. Uh, Penny Hart will get some action. And then you have some of the other uh, undrafted guys, Kalen Harris. And then also, Zay uh, Malone getting some work back there. So that's kind of how I expect the the punt returning duties to go down tomorrow.
2: You know, another guy that I'm interested in seeing, and you know, I don't know specifically what his role is going to be, but you know, again, in talking to you know my buddy Jarvis and, and some of the things that I've I've heard, you know, D'Angelo Malone is is certainly a little bit lighter this year coming into yeah. camp and you know, may play, you know, that outside and, you know, again, I don't know exactly what his role is going to be, but how much do we expect to see D'Angelo Malone, who, you know, certainly has got some things to prove about whether or not, you know, he can be a part of this roster long-term.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I expect to see him at right outside linebacker. They released their depth chart as a, a 3-4. Uh, they've been playing 4-3 and 4-2-5 all uh, and in, a, in a training camp. So, uh, they did line up some 3 4 down here in Miami. So, and they had Ebba Katie outside of uh, Lorenzo Carter and, you know, doing some gimmicky stuff with these guys. And um, Malone would be one of the guys in that category. You can't line him up in a 4 3. He's too light. Uh, and then you can't uh, put him at defensive end because he's definitely too light for that, too. So, uh, edge rusher, designated edge rusher, uh, could be a long time role. But he's overcome all every, at every step where people telling him he's too light all the way back to Cedar Grove. and you can't um, underestimate his heart, but you want to see him out there and get some snaps and see if he can make some plays and uh, cause some disruptions and, um, you know, be a force off of the edge.
2: So I, I know that obviously it's going to be a bland, vanilla kind of defensive scheme, but, you know, do we think that we're going to kind of notice – some of the fingerprints of what Ryan Nielsen wants to do, I mean, whether it's aggressiveness or, you know, whether it's attacking. I mean, again, I, I'm not expecting, you know, for them to show all their cards, you know, and put them on the table, but just the style and the tone and the tenor of this defense, just, just from, you know, at least an aggressiveness standpoint, will we be able to kind of see what Ryan Nielsen wants to do with his defense? I don't think so, John.
1: <laughs> That's where we're at in the exhibition season these yeah. days. We're going to see them sitting in a four-two-five and just, you know, playing a cover 2 shell and trying to rally to the ball. They're not going to show much of anything. Uh, so, so you know, from that regard, I uh, just want to see who's going to make plays on the ball, if they can get to the quarterback or the linebackers uh, stopping plays in, in, in a respectable manner. Uh, and for the most part, you're looking at what's going to be the depth of the team. Uh, you always got to have depth and um, don't expect to see much of the starters. Uh, and, you know, you're going to be looking at guys that are trying to make the team that are going to be out there playing really hard.
2: What um, What impressed you about the couple of days um, in the joint practices? Was there anything that stood out specifically to you that that you were impressed with or pleased with? In, in watching these units play?
1: Yeah, it was the defensive line. Um, they really, uh, you know, dominated in the one-on-ones against the Dolphins. And then I, I got back to the press box, and the um, Miami people were talking about how bad the line was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're like, hey, the, they're going to be scover, scaring the waiver wire looking for offensive line help. But the Falcons were able to, you know, get after Tua. They had sacks. Uh, they had interceptions. Um, you know, David Oyelman is a beast in the middle. Uh, so, so yeah, that was the one takeaway is that, hey, the Falcons don't get pushed around and get sand kicked in their face like they have been doing uh, in the past years, you know, except, except for the exception of Grady Jarrett.
2: So, you know, and I've asked you this question before, but I asked you it earlier. I don't know if it was OTAs or even at the start of camp, but just Desmond Ritter, like, like does he look – different does he look more mature you know in handling this offense i mean is there something that tangibly that you can point to that says okay that this looks different than even what it did at this time last year
1: um no i mean he's checking everything down which you know you should be able to do as a pro quarterback i want to see some balls going up the field and i just haven't seen it yet uh but you know they talk about his drop back and um uh, you know, I was asking, hey, this is a big test for him going against Vic Fangio's offense or defense down here. How did he do it? How did he handle it? And they said he managed it well. He did a good job. And they started talking about dropbacks and uh, managing stuff. So, um, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear uh, <laughs> and I want to see, you know, him hitting Drake London on the slant, you know, or, or in cut. Or, you know, I saw a nice pass to Kyle Pitts earlier, but it's all short stuff. So, at some point, you got to push it up the field and, uh, you know, if they're just digging and dunking, people figure that out after a couple games and start sitting on it. Or maybe he's saving that for the Bengals and the Steelers. So, you know, we uh, we haven't seen it yet. I'd like to see more. Um, you know, I haven't been watching his drop back and, and I don't know about his three snap decision making and so forth that they keep talking about. I, I want to see, you know. I know what it looks like. I, I saw Brett Favre early in his career. We saw Matt Ryan early in his career. Uh, Boomer Sison late. Michael Vick early. Uh, so we know what it's supposed to look like, and we're we're waiting on it to see what it, what it looks like by Desmond Ritter.
2: You mentioned Bergeron. I mean, obviously Matt Hennessy on the depth chart for right now is is listed as the starter. But do you do you think that there's any chance that Bergeron can win that job at left guard. Do you you think that that's any realism to it? Or do you think it's just unrealistic to think that he's going to come in at a new position and play well enough to actually win that starting job?
1: Yeah, I think they want him to win it. They drafted him to win it. And, um, he's got a clear path to win it. Now all he's got to do is not fall on his uh, tail here against the Dolphins, Bengals, and, uh, and the uh, Steelers. Well, Steelers are going to bring it. And you know, the Bengals are too. So we'll know if he's, re- if he's ready. They'll know uh, by the next couple of weeks. If he's not, uh, then they got to get Hennessy ready and, you know, put some tape on that knee and get him on out there and bring the kid along slowly. But uh, he's getting ready to get tested here in the next couple. Uh, we got a, a Friday, Friday, Thursday set up here and we'll know if the kid can play or not definitely after he gets some
2: uh, AFC North action against the Bengals and the Steelers. So, you know, to that point, though, you know, let's talk about the other position that I I still have some concerns about is that's the center position. And I I know Dahlman played better at the end of the year, but, you know, again, I I don't know that that Drew Dahlman should automatically be the starting center for this team. Is there any competition at center? Is there – is there even any competition with Matt Hennessy as far as looking at him as the center where he played center, you know, a couple of years ago? I mean, you know, is it just a fait accompli that Dolman's going to be the guy and they're going to sink or swim with him?
1: Uh, Yeah, John, that's the way they're going here. Cause the two top contenders would be Hennessy and Jonathan Harrison. They're working both for them at guard and the backup centers, Ryan Newdale, and the, and the rookie from um, South Carolina, Joe Von Gwynn. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not a competition at that point. That's uh, uh, Dylan uh, Donovan being a starting center.
2: Yeah, that's a bloodletting uh, at that point. So, um, Orlando Ledbetter joining us here for, for just a minute. Last question for you, Led. How much do we expect to see Taylor Heineke play in this game tomorrow?
1: Um, probably two series. He'll get to the second quarter, and we'll see the Logan Woodside show. From uh, Toledo, Uh, he's the guy that got to decide if they're going to keep three quarterbacks or not. Uh, They really like him, but uh, he struggled down here. He threw a couple pick sixes. They dropped a couple pick sixes. He had trouble throwing the ball out to his right, which, you know, that's a pro throw you got to be able to make. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to see a lot of Logan Woodside. Good for him. He gets a chance to prove if he's an NFL-quality quarterback. Been at it for five years, since 2018. Uh, you know, the best job in the NFL is the backup back quarterback. And uh, he's got a shot at either trying to get the third spot here or impressing somebody else around the league.
2: Well, you know, us Mac guys have to stick together, D-Led. So, again, no doubt. You no know, doubt. so Akron, <laughs> you in the house here. But anyway, D-Orlando Ledbetter covers, <laughs> covers the Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC.com. Check out all of his work there. Get all of the uh, latest information about the Falcons Follow him on Twitter as well, at D'OrlandoAJC, and he joined me on the waitfor.com hotline. D-Led, my friend, appreciate it, buddy. We will uh, chat again here soon, uh, and listen, let's see what this team looks like uh, tomorrow night. Uh, I'm excited just at least to get on the field and start hitting some guys with a different colored hat.
1: Yeah, no doubt. They're going to do that Monday. We might not know a lot of guys, but uh, football will be back, and everybody will be excited about it.
2: You got it. Thanks, D-Led. All right. Thank you, John. When we get back from the top of the hour, it will be time for the Falcons' flyover. We'll continue this discussion about where we're at. Chuck, we hanging out in the Key Studios on this Thursday evening with you. Sure, Sports not. Radio, 92.9 <laughs> The Game, Odyssey.com app.